Welcome into episode three of the Main Street Preps podcast. I'm your host, Russell Venosi, and I'm glad you've joined us today. This week's guest is Ravenwood football coach Matt Daniels. His team is in the middle of a difficult September schedule that includes two out-of-state opponents and Region 66A rivals Franklin and Brentwood. We chat about the upcoming Battle of the Woods matchup and next week's IMG Academy game that will air nationally on ESPNU. After that, I give my predictions for 10 of this week's most interesting football games. I'm 29-10 through the first month, and I went for a few upsets that didn't work out last week, but I'm feeling more confident this time around. Now, without further ado, here's today's Main Street Preps podcast. All right, we are joined now by Ravenwood football coach Matt Daniels. His team is 3-1, and one, heading into a, a big Region 6-6A uh, matchup with, with Brentwood this Friday. Thanks for joining the show today, Coach. Thanks a lot, Russell. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. And um, you guys are really busy right now. You're um, right in the middle of a, a difficult September schedule. I know you opened uh, with a win over Franklin uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then you lost to Pulaski Academy in a close one last week. Um, that's the team from Arkansas that never punts and always attempts onside kicks. Um, then you've got Brentwood Academy and IMG Academy, the number one team in the land, coming up. Uh, is your squad enjoying the challenge that all these games uh, are bringing? Definitely. You know, I think that's what high school football is all about is, is a, a weekly challenge and, and a, a different, uh, you know, type of atmosphere and game every week. And, you know, to have a, a September like we have, I think that's, uh, you know, our team relishes in, in that opportunity. And, you know, we can't think about the record uh, during uh, this month. We just have to take one game at a time and, uh, and have fun with it. And you've got Brentwood this Friday. I know they have a talented quarterback in Cade Granzow and some receivers that do a really nice job, including um, Tennessee commit Walker Merrill. Uh, what do you make of that matchup? Well, you know, for us, we, we've got a couple veterans on the defensive side of the ball at, at linebacker in our, our secondary. Uh, you know, and coming off a week that was very challenging with Glasgow Academy throwing the ball, you know, 35-plus times and, uh, you know, making you run sideline to sideline. It, it's a different matchup. You know, it's something that probably suits us a little bit better, a more traditional matchup, uh, but certainly going to be a challenge for, for our secondary and our back seven, uh, you know, in, in covering Walker and, and company and, uh, you know, at the same time, worrying about Cade as, as a runner, as a very capable runner. So, um, you know, I think both sides, uh, our, our defense and then Brentwood's defense as well, um, you know, when you have to prepare for a, a quarterback that is a, a true dual threat like Cade and our own quarterback, Trevor Andrews, it just puts a little bit more stress on, on the defensive game plan. And that was a difficult turnaround last year too, right? I mean, you went straight from Pulaski Academy. Uh, I know that's a difficult game. A lot of running and stuff, a lot of a lot of action, and then into Brentwood. Uh, I mean, what did you guys learn from kind of that that week last year that to maybe be more ready this time? Well, first and foremost, we learned not to schedule homecoming the week of Pulaski Academy because on top of <laughs> on top of the the running, uh, you know, during the game on Friday, just so many other activities that week that you know ran, ran us down in terms of energy level and you know trying to bounce back from that. I mean, you basically play two games in one when you play Pulaski Academy with the number of snaps that you play. Um, so one thing we we focus on this year, um, you know, aside from obviously getting to avoid that homecoming week as well, but we focused on rotating a little bit more um you know especially on the defensive side of the ball and and keeping guys a little bit more fresh not in not only in in that game but so that you know come monday of this week we weren't uh you know exhausted to the point of you know just trying to get our bodies back for for friday so i thought we managed that well i thought we got off the field uh pretty well as as a defense uh this time around i I think we were uh, 24 less snaps uh on defense than we had last year against pulaski which 
you know, it, it doesn't sound like a, a huge number, but you're talking about five or six uh, series that you're not on the field. Um, so I do think we kind of manage that uh, exhaustion uh, a, a little bit better this year. Uh, that that might crop up, um, in a, uh, you know, in a game against Pulaski Academy. And to round out September, like I mentioned at the top, you guys are going to play IMG Academy from Florida, ranked the number one team in the nation by Max Preps. Um, just found out that game's also going to be on ESPN, uh, ESPNU. Um, how neat is all that, and, and how did the game kind of come about? Well, you know, it's, it's exactly what, you know, this type of game, this type of opportunity is exactly what, uh, you know, I had in mind when I took over this program because, uh, one, you want to, you know, as a, as a county like Williamson County, as a school like Ravenwood, you know, a, a Blue Ribbon High School, a school that, you know, posts a, a phenomenal average ACT score every year, you know, we're known for our, our academics, um, you know, our, our fine arts, and then, uh, of course, our athletics, and, and to be able to, um, you know, basically display that, uh, not only for Ravenwood, but for the county on a national stage is, you know, is a dream for, for our community, and, and obviously for our players, you know, we've got uh, several guys that are going to get a chance to do that later in their career, in college, and, and maybe the NFL, but for most of our players, you know, playing on ESPN in high school is an opportunity that, that they will never get uh, ever again in, in life. So um, very excited about that opportunity uh, for our boys and, and to compete uh, against the best in the country. Um, you know, as, as a competitor, as a football player, uh, it doesn't get much better than that uh, in terms of, of that challenge. So uh, it's going to be a really fun week next week. Um, obviously, our, our focus right now is, is on Brentwood, but, um, you know, it, it is something that we're looking forward to next week hosting IMG. And your team is led right now by a first-year starting quarterback, Trevor Andrews, uh, although he's a senior, uh, so he's got a lot of experience other, otherwise. Um, I know he was a receiver last year, um, and he's really stepped in nicely. He's already thrown 14 touchdowns. He's also been effective running the ball. Um, after Brian Garcia graduated and went to South Alabama, did you kind of figure Trevor was going to be the guy, or did you guys have somewhat of a competition um, in camp? Yeah, we, we had a little bit of a competition between him and uh, uh, junior Brendan Dickinson, who, you know, Brendan, I can't say uh, enough good things about, just a really good football player. You know, we're finding ways for him to be on the field as a running back, a fullback, a, a tight end. Um, you know, he, he does some stuff with us on, on special teams as well. So, you know, when you have two guys uh, duking it out for, for the starting quarterback position that you would feel comfortable with playing multiple positions, that's a really good problem to have. Um, you know, we like our, our quarterbacks to be football players, you know, and, and guys that uh, aren't necessarily, you know, pigeonholed in, into one particular skill set. So both of those guys had that. It, it made the competition a little bit more interesting. Uh, Trevor, just from his experience last year uh, as, as a receiver, uh, you know, on our, our deep playoff run and uh, learning the, the nuances of, of the offense. And even though we're doing some new things this year with a, a new offense coordinator, that kind of gave Trevor a, a leg up. Um, you know, and he's just a, he's a natural leader. He's a natural competitor. Uh, he's calm under pressure. So, uh, you know, he, he was able to kind of rise to the top of that competition while at the same time, you know, like I mentioned, we're, we're able to use Brendan, um, you know, in, in a bunch of different positions to help us win football games as well. So kind of the best of both worlds came out of that, uh, out of that competition this off season. You have a number of players getting re recruited, and I know you know Trevor's just starting to put together some film here. But with the way he's playing and with how effective he's been, I mean, do you expect um, Trevor to, to garner some college interest at some point too? I do, you know, and Trevor's uh, really successful academically speaking. You know, he's got uh, 
a, a situation where he's got a, a high ACT score, a high GPA, um, you know, he's going to be just fine in, in terms of uh, some of those categories that, that these college coaches are, are looking at. And, you know, I would expect Ivy League to start being interested, some Patriot League schools, um, you know, and, and he's probably going to get some opportunities for, for potential uh, preferred walk-ons too because he's just, uh, as I mentioned, he's a football player, he's an athlete, um, he's a guy that you want in your locker room. Uh, so I have no doubt that he's going to start getting some interest. It'll just be kind of a matter of, you know, what, what his priority is at, at the next level. And I know he, he wants to play, he wants that opportunity, but at the same time he wants to put himself in a good situation uh, to get the best degree he can get and to set him up for uh, his life after college. And on, on the other side, the defense has also been pretty solid. And You guys are allowing about 17 points a game right now, and that went up a little bit last week um, thanks to Pulaski Academy. But you, like you said, you held them uh, to, to less points this year than you, you, you did last year. I mean, what's been, I guess, kind of some of the keys on defense so far? Well, I think, you know, our guys play hard on, on both sides of the ball. And, and, you know, we constantly preach, uh, you know, running to the football and, and trying to get 11 hats to the football, at, you know, every single play and, and – getting ourselves in condition to, uh, you know, and having the attitude to want to do that every play. And I think, you know, Coach Grimes, the last two years as our defense coordinator, that, that's one of his biggest uh, additions to our program is is having our defense uh, fly around the field and, and really uh, excel at, at getting to the football and gang tackling. And, um, you know, you can make up for, for mistakes and, and mental mistakes and things like that by effort on defense. Not all the time, but mm. um, it does put you in a position to make up for some of those mistakes if you are, are hustling and flying around so uh, that's what I've seen so far these these first few weeks uh, you know of us on the defensive side of the ball and now if we can focus on minimizing those mental mistakes I think you're going to see uh, a defense start to gel together a little bit more and you've had a couple guys uh, banged up over the last few weeks Junior Colson, Damon Owens, Justin Smitherman are a few of them um, are you expecting any of them to be back um, this week against Brentwood? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Junior played last week, so he's looking pretty good. Had to kind of get back in shape against Pulaski. Uh, Damon is progressing really well. Not sure what his status will be for Friday. Probably a game-time decision, but uh, we're looking forward to him getting back in these next couple weeks. Um, you know, we had two offensive linemen out uh, the last two weeks as, as starters, so, you know, that's perhaps the biggest uh, deal for us is, you know, losing some of our experience on the offensive line. Uh, our center, our starting center, Greg uh, Bafalis, has been out for two weeks starting left guard uh, senior uh, the only senior starter on the line Shepard Underwood's been out so um, we're looking forward to getting those guys back as well uh, not sure uh, this week if we'll have them both but it's looking good for at least one of them and uh, you know just getting that additional experience back on, on a young offensive line is, is critical so I'm, I'm definitely happy about that and it looks like uh, Metro Nashville football teams may be able to start uh, playing games as soon as next Friday September 25th you guys have Cane Ridge on the schedule in October, and I know you played a few game, a close games with them over the last couple of years. Um, are are you glad to see the Metro kids finally getting a chance to play? Oh, absolutely thrilled for for those kids and coaches. I mean, we're you know we're we're in this thing together, and and you know us putting ourselves in their shoes. 
you know, that would be really difficult to, to deal with what they've been dealing with over the last uh, several months. And, and really the uncertainty is the hardest part. And, you know, ironically, so it's, it's our IMG game that's actually taking the place of that Cane Ridge game and, and had a good conversation with Eddie Woods uh, a few weeks back about that scheduling issue and uh, whether or not they might need that week to, to make up some region games if they were ever to, uh, you know, able to start playing games again and how we needed to, to make sure we had a game on the schedule, uh, you know, that late in the year, uh, not knowing if, if we were going to have to cancel that game, uh, had some uncertainty for us. So had a great conversation with Coach Woods and, and decided uh, that we were going to cancel that game and they would potentially be able to use it uh, for a makeup game if they start playing. And, uh, you know, it just so happened that we were able to, to schedule IMG during our, our bye week uh, next weekend. So that all worked out. And I'm, I'm just thrilled for those guys that, you know, hopefully that announcement will come soon uh, that they will be given the go ahead for, for playing games. Yep. Fingers crossed. And uh, I believe that's all I've got today. Coach Daniels, unless you had anything else you wanted to add. No, I just uh, appreciate, uh, you know, uh, ha- having me on and, and talking about Battle of the Woods. It doesn't get much better than that in terms of uh, a high school rivalry. So it's been a fun week so far, and I'm looking forward to Friday night. Yep, should be a good one. I know uh, be a lot of TV and radio, and I'm sure fan- as many fans as uh, you guys are allowed in there. And uh, best of luck. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. As usual, we're going to wrap up the show today with my 10 mid-state football picks for the week. And I want to start out with that game of the week that we just talked about, Brentwood at Ravenwood. I think this is going to be a great matchup. Of course, a crosstown rivalry and a, and a big Region 6-6A game. Um, I think the winner of this is going to have the inside track to the region title and also home field advantage for the playoff. Playoff, so a lot on the line. Uh, Brentwood has a great quarterback. So does Ravenwood. Uh, I'll tell you about Brentwood's first. It's Cade Granzow. He's an Auburn baseball commitment, and he threw for six touchdowns last week. And he ran for another, so seven total touchdowns and a 55-17 win over Henry County. He has a bunch of weapons to utilize, including Tennessee commit Walker Merrill and Aaron Walton, and those two receivers combined for five touchdown grabs last week. Um, now that high-octane offense is going to be challenged by Ravenwood's defense as uh, Jake Bringstool, and who's going to Clemson, and Junior Colson, a Michigan commit, and the Raptors have allowed just 17 points per game this season. Ravenwood also has an emerging quarterback in senior dual threat Trevor Andrews. He's already got 14 touchdowns um, through the air and a couple more on the ground. He's looked really, really good in their first couple games. Um, But I like Brentwood in this one, so I'm going Raptors 28, Bruins 30. And let's stick with a Williamson County matchup for the second one uh, of the week. Franklin at Independence. Um, Franklin, their, their issue so far is each game, it seems like one game... They'll do really well passing the ball. Another game, they rush. You know, they run the ball pretty well. Another game, they might play good defense. Uh, well, they put all of those things together last week, delivered a complete a complete performance in a twenty-seven to twenty win at Summit. They were able to keep star quarterback Destin Wade. Um, they were able to keep his passing way down, although he did rush for quite a few yards and a few touchdowns. Um, they limited him and the Spartans to about two hundred fifty-seven yards of offense. Bryce Sparks for Franklin ran for over hundred yards, and Connor Beaven threw for. 134 yards and a score. Really nice outing from Franklin. Meanwhile, Independence actually has a fairly similar quarterback to Destin Wade. Uh, he's, he's a little smaller. It's Jackson Campbell. He's already accounted for nearly 900 yards from scrimmage and, and 12 touchdowns in just three games. Uh, he was a receiver last year. Now he's at quarterback, and it's been very impressive. Um, so I think if the Admiral, Admirals can limit Campbell like they did Wade last week, 
I really think that Franklin can avenge last season's loss to Independence, so I'm going Franklin 29, Independence 24. Now how about some private school action? We've got Brentwood Academy at Father Ryan. Brentwood Academy also has a, a good senior quarterback in his first year as a starter. That's Taylor Montiel. He's thrown for nearly 900 yards and six touchdowns, and he has a lot of time to throw because his offensive line includes North Carolina commit Eli Sutton, who's six foot seven, 285, and another Power 5 prospect in Noah Josie. He's 6'5", 280. Um, so that's going to be a, a big size advantage there for Brentwood Academy. Father Ryan still has a young team. They're bringing a lot of their guys along. They do have a senior quarterback in Appalachian State commitment, D.C. Tabscott. Um, so that's some senior leadership to rely on. But I, I like Brentwood Academy to get it done here. So I'm going Brentwood Academy 35, Father Ryan 10. Let's head up to Robertson County next. That's my old stomping grounds from last year. A lot of good football played there, including Springfield. And that's who I want to talk about. White House at Springfield. This was a tremendous game that came down to the wire last year. I'm not sure it'll be as close this time around. Springfield has outscored its opponents 115-24. to um, A lot of that has been Cavantes Hudson. He scored four touchdowns and a big win over Station Camp last week. Cavantes um, can run, he can pass, he can do a little bit of everything, play some defense as well. And he's got some emerging weapons in Lamarius Daniels, Gabe Kelly, Keyshawn Robinson, and others. And those guys really make life difficult for opposing defenses. Um, White House lost in a heartbreaker to FRA in double overtime last week, so they're looking to get back on track. Uh, Rainin Blackburn has nearly 500 yards rushing and three touchdowns, but I just think he's going to have a hard time against that Springfield defense that doesn't allow a lot of yards or a lot of points. So I'm going Springfield 40, White House 20. Next up is a game that was just created last week um, as, as these teams lost some of their opponents, but we've got Tullahoma at Beach. I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. Um, both team, Tullahoma's 4-0, Beach is 4-1. And Beach, Beach's only loss was at Powell on a last-second touchdown pass. And ever since then, they've, they've reeled off wins over Henry County, excuse me, Laverne and Hendersonville. Um, they've got a three-headed monster in the backfield, Tyshawn Jefferson, Adrian Johnson, and Patrick Hill. Very difficult to stop, and their defense has been pretty good too. They're allowing just under 20 points a game. Uh, meanwhile, Tullahoma, you know, they've kind of run through all their opponents, but they haven't played a team of Beach's caliber yet. Um, and although they've outscored their opponents 163 to 40, I feel like offense is probably going to be harder to come against the Bucks. So I'm going Beach 24, Tullahoma 20. Sticking in that general area of the mid state, Lipscomb Academy at Good Pasture. Lipscomb Academy, Lipscomb Academy finally got its first win last week in a big 40 nothing, 40 to one. 41 to zero, driving a page. Let's see if we can we can talk tonight. Uh, running back Alex Broom scored four times, and I think pairing him with quarterback Luther Richardson is going to make that Mustang offense even more potent. And they're really going to put up some points down the stretch. I know uh, they struggled in a couple of losses to JP2 and Brentwood Academy, but those are some of the best teams they have to play all year. Uh, and things are going to get a little easier for them as the season goes on and they get into their region games. Um, but Good Pasture is not going to be any slouch here. This game was a blowout last year. I, I don't see it going that same way this year. Um, Good Pasture is off to its best start since 2010. Uh, that was the year that they went 13-2 and and finished as the Class 3A runner-up to Alcoa, who seems to win it just about every year. But Good Pasture has a do-it-all senior in Brendan Jones, who's going to Kansas State for baseball. Um, and he's a player to watch on offense, defense, and special teams. Um, however, I think you know that... Mustang offense that we talked about is going to be a little bit too much in this one, so I'm going Lipscomb Academy 27, Good Pasture 21. 
more private school action. We've got DCA at Friendship Christian. Uh, this game was actually supposed to be played two weeks ago on September 4th, but it was moved back a couple of weeks due to COVID-19 issues at Friendship Christian. Um, they were without at least nine players and their head coach, John McNeil, uh, last week, and they still managed to beat Grace Baptist Chattanooga 44-7. Um, it's not clear how many of those players can return against DCA, so I think that would give the Wildcats an advantage if some of those guys can't come back. Uh, DCA is led by starting quarterback Bradford Gaines, and they've scored 108 points in just three games so far this year. Um, and the Wildcats are seeking their first victory against the com- Commandeers since 2016. And I think this might be their chance to get it, especially considering the COVID issues. So I'm going DCA 30, Friendship Christian 20. Lebanon at Hendersonville. Uh, Lebanon's got a a good sophomore quarterback that's emerged here in Jalen Abston. He passed for 176 yards and two touchdowns last week in a big win over Laverne. And DeQuante Shannon also rushed for 172 yards and five touchdowns on 23 carries in that same game. So the Lebanon offense really came together last week. Um, However, Hendersonville happens to have one of the better defenses. They did give up 42 points to Oakland in Week 1, but Oakland is one of the best teams in the state. They're the number one team in our Main Street Preps top 25 poll, and so I don't really hold that against Hendersonville a whole lot. Otherwise, the Commandos have only allowed 7 points per game, so I think their defense is going to make the difference here. I've got Hendersonville beating Lebanon 31-17. Now, how about CPA at BGA? Another region game here in Nashville. or Actually, it's going to be played in Franklin. Um, CPA dismantled Innsworth last week. I got to see that in person. Uh, it was a little bit of a surprise how, how big the margin was. CPA won 28-6. to um, They had three total touchdowns from quarterback Cade Law, and their defense is really impressive, and I wrote a story about that that you can read on MainStreetPreps.com. Uh, their defense has only allowed 29 points in three victories this year. They're 3-0. and uh, Meanwhile, BGA, they've got a couple of wins. One of them was a COVID forfeit over McGavick, um, and the other was over Wilson Central. Um, earlier in this this season, and then the last two weeks they've lost to Good Pasture and Nashville Christian. They've got a running back in Sean Williams who's rushed for nearly 300 yards and three touchdowns on 28 carries, but I just don't think there's going to be that much room to run against this CPA defense, so I'm going CPA 42, BGA 16. Now let's finish it off in Rutherford County, Stewart's Creek at Laverne. Stewart's Creek I think is not on a whole lot of radars right now because they haven't um, been able to do a whole lot. They played Oakland, or they played, excuse me, Mount Juliet and and Oakland. That's right. Yeah, they played Oakland last week. They scored 24 points against Oakland. And that is, you know, more than most teams manage to score against a team of Oakland's caliber. Otherwise, you know, Stewart's Creek is 1-2 overall. Their other win came, came uh, recently. <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head who they beat, but... Um, anyways, their schedule gets way easier from, from here on out um, for them and first-year coach Ben Cottill. Their next six opponents are a combined 6-13, and 13, so I think there's a chance Stewart's Creek wins out the rest of the season, and that's going to start against Laverne this Friday. Now, Laverne, before we should mention that they've got Ray Banner, and he's rushed for 766 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns in just four games, um, putting up a Mr. Football-like resume there. Um, but he's going to need another big outing to help the, the Wolverines keep pace with the Redhawks, um, who uh, actually dismantled Clarksville. That's who they beat, 42-7 a few weeks ago. So all that considered, I think Stewart's Creek gets it done here. So I'm going Stewart's Creek 30, Laverne 12. 
And that'll do it for this week's Main Street Preps podcast. Thanks again for uh, listening and for sharing the show. We appreciate you. And be sure to head over to MainStreetPreps.com to sign up for our email newsletter. All we need is your first name, last name, email, and zip code. And we will deliver the top high school sports headlines in the mid-state Tuesday through Saturday to your inbox. So thanks in advance for doing that. And we'll see you back here next week. MainStreetPreps.com has all your up-to-date information all the time for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. Brought to you by Russell Benozzi and MainStreetMediaTN.com.